0: I don't really have a, an opening text for this morning. If I did, I guess it would be Matthew six ten. I think it is, where it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's it. Um, so, if you would, bow your heads and we'll pray for this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for this morning, another opportunity to come into your house, corporately, collectively, as the body of Christ, to hear from you father we ask lord jesus that you would give us ears to do just that that we would hear what you want us to hear that we would not have selective hearing god that we would commit and that we would be changed that we would be challenged that we would be touched god that you would move on us in any way that you see fit we say this morning to you do what it takes in our own personal lives lord jesus to speak to us to change us to have your way. And we say to you, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh so I was asked to preach a few weeks ago, and um, and I, I knew that I was gonna be going on vacation, and I but I've never turned down an opportunity to preach, and I had to prepare something prior to leaving. Had a pretty good pretty good idea, pretty much done, except for organizing it. And uh last Wednesday night, when really late Wednesday night when we were going to sleep, uh, we got the information and text, I think, from Joe and Ruth about Phil and Jen and their situation. If you don't know, um, they uh, lost their baby uh, this past week, and it has been a battle, five months, I believe. She was five months along pregnant. And I started thinking about some things, and that's what everybody was praying for this morning over here. And I really started to kind of think about my life my wife and i our lives our church's lives the people that i'm around the people that i'm always talking with my co-workers just my life and i started questioning okay god why why does something something like this have to happen and i and, and there were uh you know there was some silence and th- this this situation right when i heard the news really broke my heart i was deeply saddened for them and you know when you get a lot of situations and a lot of predicaments and news that comes your way from different families sometimes you just oh it's too bad that's sad it's not me it's them and we just kind of we don't really think about it we don't really think about how the bible says to bear ye one another's burdens and um that's not what this is about but things like this that happen kind of cause you to think about your own life, I think. So uh, I guess, you know, my wife and I, we started talking and uh, we shared some emotional moments together and, and I just asked her because I, I always am thinking about these things in, in life. I just said, are you, to my wife, I said, are you where you want to be right now in life? Are you where you want to be? Now think about that for your own life. Are you where you want to be or are you settling for whatever? Just whatever happens and you just go with it. Or are you where you want to be in your life? You could be 85. You could be 16. Are you where you want to be in your life? See, when I think of a message like this, I think, no! I don't think I am. Now, I know in all things to be content, but I should never be satisfied spiritually with where I'm at in the state that I'm at. I want more. I want to hunger for more. I want more out of my life. Do you agree with that? So I think this kind of a message is for everybody this morning. And uh, another question I asked her, are you where you thought you would be right now? Or where we thought we would be right now? Did you ever think that this would happen, or this could happen, or we'd be in this situation, or and there's things in life, like Phil and Jen and their situation, and their family, and things that kind of check you. They kind of check and see what you're made of, and they cause you to question, am I really doing what I want to do right now? So, um, at the same time, asking myself questions in my head, and I know we've all been here, because sometimes you feel like... Your efforts that you try to do for God or for your family or in your job, your efforts are absolutely worthless. Like, you've missed the mark. Maybe you've missed your chance. I feel like that sometimes. I feel like I've missed my chance. I feel like, well, I know God called me at a young age, and I know 31 is not old or older or elderly. I understand that. But I'm thinking, God, have I missed my time? Have I missed my chance? Do you ever think that to yourself? Do you ever think that, well, can't get it back, now I have to settle for whatever comes because I've blown it, I've wasted this time, this error of my life. Do you ever feel that way? So, um, you know, we just kind of settle for what we've been dealt. Like, time has passed and we're just trying to hang on to the same thing every day for the rest of our lives. That's not a bad thing. Doing the same thing every day for the rest of your lives. But this... But sometimes we don't talk about these things and it gets inside of us and it bothers us. Like, is this really my life? Do you ever feel like that? Is this really where I should be? Is this really where I'm supposed to be? Have I done something that have has kind of prolonged the process of where I'm supposed to be? Should I be somewhere else? Is that God's will? Or am I just, this is where I'm at right now. This is where I'm hanging out. Guess we'll see what happens next and just go with the flow and roll with the punches. Well, here's some good news. Romans 11.29 says, For the gifts of God and His call are irrevocable. They cannot be withdrawn. Isn't that good news? So, if, if... Like your driver's license and you do something stupid, speed, no seatbelt, no headlights, they bust you for something else. They take your license, they revoke them. They take. God doesn't do that. He says, here's my gifts, here's my call, I knew you before you were born, they're all yours. And I'm not going to take them from you. They're irrevocable, they cannot be withdrawn. Isn't that nice of God? But, it is up to us to respond to those gifts and the call of God in our lives. Because sometimes I think, wow, how many people are working jobs they're not even supposed to be, excuse me, be at? Now I'm not saying that thank God for employment, you understand. But have you done something in your life that has re where you're supposed to be? Are you just selling? You could be an older person. Well, what are your thoughts? What do you want out of life? What kind of inheritance do you want to leave your kids, your grandchildren? Well, 1.2 million dollars—that no, no, no. Then you don't, you don't want what God wants. So you have to ask yourself, what do you really want? And sometimes at night, I, I get into bed and I, I tell Jen, I'm hopefully—I'm constantly thinking like the rapture could happen any second. I'm constantly thinking like, where am I? What am I doing? That's a good place to be, right? Checking yourself all the time, making sure you're in right standing with the God who created you, redeemed you, and can judge you. Amen. Constantly checking yourself. So sometimes at night, sometimes at night I get into bed with my wife and I just kinda say sometimes, here we go again, same thing, back to sleep. Every day, same thing, we're going back to bed again. 16 hours later. You ever say that to your wife? And how sometimes mundane and monotonous life can be in your life. And I know pastor always talks about you go home, kick the dog or pet the dog, whatever you do, and have baloney and work your job, get up, the old McDonald's commercial, get up, go to work, go to sleep, go to bed, or whatever it is. And you just feel so over and over. Am I really making an impact in my life? And uh, as we're lying there, we're we're, uh, on vacation, we're contacted about Phil and Jen losing their baby. And that's kind of when everything changed, Wednesday night, even though I had some thoughts like weeks in advance. And I just started thinking, there are things that happen in life that cause you to think. Why? Why does this happen? Why is this happening? And then things in life that you thought were important aren't anymore. And you're wondering, okay, if something like this can happen, what do you want from me, God? What do you want out of me? How are you trying to make me? How are you trying to shape and mold me? Why this? So there's instances, there's things in life that happen that cause you to think. Uh, and and my heart, like I told you, was completely broken for their situation. Uh, so we, so Jen and I just kind of started talking about things that really mattered. You ever talk about things that really matter, really matter? I just got back from a nice vacation. Good time. In fact, you know it was kind of funny because we, uh, we were in Hilton Head. My sister Rebecca is currently living there. She has been for about a year, and um, we were down there and we went to the a restaurant. We were le- checking out some food, the Kingfisher Seafood and whatever it was at uh, Shelter Cove. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. And there was a guy outside, and he was trying to get people to get give them free stuff and trying to get them. Uh, to listen to the, his little spiel and say, "All you got to do is sign up and give me a twenty dollars deposit, and and you got you can listen to a uh, an hour and a half, ninety minute presentation, and you're going to get this, 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 this all for free, no strings attached. All you have to do is listen and say no at the end and get your gifts and walk away." And Jen and I are not stupid; we're not dummies, but we are looking at each other going, well, "I mean, we maybe could do this," and and uh, we did. I gave him my twenty bucks. Check this out. I gave him my $20 and we had to commit on our vacation time that is so precious to us. We had to commit to 90 minutes the following day meeting at this place. It's, it just, it seemed like a scam, but then my wife was like, well, I'm telling you. Uh, my friends come back from work, they say they do this all the time, they walk away with all kinds of free stuff, and I'm like, okay, let's do it. So we went, and we listened, but everybody had to be there, so Jay, Shannon, Jen, myself, and Luke and Isaac had to go along, cause in order to everybody get their free stuff, everybody had to be there, so we're like, we're all about free stuff, right? <laughs> free stuff is so good. So, we went and we listened, and we're just like, the whole time. Answering these questions, whatever. And he's trying to sell us timeshare. Some of you have timeshare. I think the idea is pretty good. I think having a timeshare would be nice. You pay on basically a second or third, whatever you have, another mortgage for five to seven years. And then you get vacations for the rest of your life. For like a very, 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 very small fee in different places. And you trade and blah, blah, blah. And we're like, we've always thought this was kind of a good idea and kind of looked into it. But... It just seemed weird. So, of course, us and probably the majority of other people were there to get their free stuff. But as this guy's making vacation sound so nice, and we're like, he's like, "Where do you want to go next summer?" And we're like, "Well, maybe Italy." And and then and then we're talking about that, he's making it sound really nice. And I'm and that was that was Thursday. But I'm just thinking, after Wednesday night, we got that news. I'm thinking there's things in your life that kind of make you go, "What's really important?" what's really important i mean there's so many people in life that think the most important things are how much vacation time you have the mo- those those are like higher than other things that should be up there you know what your pay is and what your retirement's going to be and where you're going to go for your vacation and and he's asking us all he's making this look really he's making this thing look really good and we're like man this does seem like a good idea and then it ended up that um, unless we went on this tour, they could only keep you for 90 minutes. They kept us for like, I don't know, an hour and two hours and 14 minutes total. So I ended up calling the guy at the Kingfisher restaurant to pull me in and said, hey, you better get this right or I'm coming after you. I told him that. I said, I'm, I'm coming after you. I'm going to find you, Chris. And so we ended up getting, they made it right through all kinds of contacts. They gave us back our $20 deposit. I'm not joking. They gave us like 10 free golf passes to Arnold Palmer courses that are like 80 to 100 bucks. And we got them for like 30 some dollars. And they gave us, no joke, $260 cash right there. I'm serious. So I'm like, thank you and walked away. See you. I mean, so we ended up eating Well. And having a lot of fun, and we spent, you know, on vacation. You got to budget your money. You're like, well, well, right? We have all kinds of money now, (laughs) on top of what we budgeted and what we had. So we were, we had a good time. But my point is, is we let things like that become way more important. We let things that try to pull us in and entice us by our eyes, and we're like, man, that looks good, and we start to deem those things more important than the. Excuse me, didn't the things that really matter. So listen, this morning's title, we have two paths in life. My wife, we're talking about this Wednesday night, about one in the morning. There's two paths. She's like, do you ever feel like, you know, we're on the wrong path? Or do you ever feel like there's another path? Do you ever feel like you, you we work, we have jobs, we have good jobs. We have the summers off together. It's such a blessing to be able to do things with the youth ministry and with each other. But I'm just thinking, man, I'm, I go to bed And this is probably between me and God. But I go to bed on the majority of my nights kind of thinking, is this really who I am? Is this really what I want? Do I really... Am I really settling for something, God? Even though it's not a bad thing. My life is good. It's okay. But am I settling for something because I'm not willing to pursue what God really has for me? You understand? You understand that the whole restoration and the 30 grand that we put in that every year... That doesn't satisfy me. You understand that? You might look at a youth pastor or pastor and look, man, they're, they're, they're holier than us. They seek God every day for 25 hours and, you know, they know everything and the kids come to us and it seems like we're always pouring and investing and we know, and I'm like, I know God, I know that, it's all great and it's for your kingdom, but am I doing what you want me to do? Right now. Am I supposed to be doing something else or, Talking to other people or in a different situation. What would make me happier? You ever ask that? Or do you settle and you have no idea and you're just kind of, I'm just satisfied, whatever. Is that how you feel? Because you will stay right where you are if that's your attitude. I'm just trying to press into all of us and challenge and say, are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? So the title is a question that can't be switched around and not directed to yourself. In other words, if I made the title, what do you really want? What do you really want? You would take that title and ask somebody else that. What do you really want? See, I don't want a title like that because we switch titles on us. And I want to make sure I'm included on this because every time that I preach, I want to make sure I say things like, we and not you, guys. And "and me too and us, not you and pointing That's what we have to do that as we preach because we know that we're all in this together. And I don't want it to be something I ask you like I don't need to ask myself, but rather something we can all direct at aiming ourselves. You understand? So the title this morning's message is, What Do I Really Want? What Do I Really Want? Because then you can ask yourself, What was this morning's uh, message title? And you can say, What Do I Really Want? And that's aimed at a question towards yourself. So it's for nobody else this morning except for you. Make sure that you are currently doing and how you are currently living is what you want. Do you want Him? This morning's all about a self-check, self-evaluation, motives, intention check. A chance to see if you want what God wants and a chance to change if you don't. A chance to cash it all in in exchange for what actually works the way it's supposed to work. Depends on how bad you want it. And how much you're want, wanting to change, or you could just settle for less because you weren't willing to fight for it. Now, I was, uh, f- uh, Friday, I called you, Abby, because you've been to Hilton Head a bunch, and asking her about beaches, where to go, what's nice, Folly Field Beach, we ended up going there, we walked there. It was 110 degrees with the heat index where we were. It was hot. We were drying out, I mean, dehydration could creep in, and, you know, in the, in minutes, and you had to keep liquefied and keep the, the liquids in you. We had two small boys with us, and we found really good parking spots, but we had, all I had on me was $100 bill. It didn't take $100 bills. Jace forgets his wallet at the house. My sister brought no money. So I'm like, we got these great parking spots, and we have no money to keep us here, and the sign says, basically, we don't care about you, you're going to be towed at your expense, whatever, see it. So we're like, oh, for crying out loud. So Jace had to sit in the van in the back with the thing propped open uh, with my sister for a little while. And when I say a little while, it was enough time for me to walk in a 110 heat index about three or four miles. With nothing to drink. I mean, I was seeing mirages. I I was hard to concentrate. You understand? And and this is the this is what we do in life. This is what happens. It says um You know, the situation, we have a $100 bill, and I needed to find change for that $100 bill. It's hot sun, it's the heat index, is 110, I have no water, I'm walking for three or four miles, I'm leaving others out to drive, they're waiting while I'm trying to get change. I go down to the beach a half mile, I'm asking people for change. Um, I go back up, um, and I go to a hotel lobby, they have no money, go figure, right? They have no money. So I go back down to the beach. They say, well, that person that does the beach rentals will have money. They're on break. They weren't there. So I walk back down there. Then I walk up to another hotel. I go to a bar. Surely they'd be loaded with money. It was busy. They have no change. They can't break it. So I walk to three or four more hotels to all of their lobbies and finally gets to one, get to one, and they didn't have any change. But a guy walked up with the wallet and said, you trying to break a hundred? I think I got you. And he flashes out all his money and he breaks a one hundred. I said, well, I need ones too, sir. I don't have any ones. There's a convenience store right there. So I'm on a mission trying to get change so we can park. Now, it depends on how bad I want it or else A, we'll be towed, or B, we're going to be walking for, for a while just to go to the beach in a, in a weird parking space. So So I started to think about that and I thought, that's what we do. That's what we do in life. You understand? We don't, sometimes we have this $100 bill. We're just content. We can't use it. We can't even use it. It's no good. And we're content with that. The people who are fighters and are questioning, what is my life really? Am I willing to go around and to exchange for what works? Is life working for you? Is it working? Is it working out? Are you mad more than you are happy? Are you sad and depressed more than you are up? Are you confused? Are you frustrated more than you're content and satisfied and things working for you? Sometimes I think because they say, being a Christian is hard, man. No, my Bible says that the way of a transgressor is hard. Not being a Christian if you're really in love and you really want what God wants for you. It's not hard. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. There will be trials and many things will happen, but it's worth it because you know him, you know him, and you know what he wants. Sometimes we just guess and say we know him. So I believe if you want something bad enough, you'll do whatever it takes. But some just settle and go without, or just talk about it, or some just act like everything's fine, but they don't know what else because they don't know what else to do. So when I hear things like Psalm forty-two, one, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. And then I think about that scripture and I'm like, is this even true for me? Is that how bad I want God and I want God's will? Do you really want it that bad? Like the deer pants for water. Maybe the deer being dehydrated and longing for a stream, a brook of water. Do you really want God that much that you will go through whatever it takes to get to Him? Do you ask yourself that question? Man, how bad do I really want God? Look at my life. Look at my life. So is this true for us? Is this true? Are we really that thirsty? Ask yourself, what do I really want? Do you want a bigger house, a new car, a better job? Is there anything wrong with wanting those things? Jen's probably going to need a new car soon. Would it be nice to have a bigger house? Yes, but why? I don't know. Do you know? There's more space. There's more space in between you and your spouse now. Well, we have a bunch of kids. I understand that. Sometimes people would have money, buy houses like mansions. Why? Because they can. That's it. You understand? Because the eyes of men are never satisfied, the Bible says. Would you like more vacations? Do you want better clothes, recognition? Do you want a pool? I want a pool. Are these, you, you ask yourself, are these important things? Are these important questions? You ask yourself this stuff. We want this stuff. More vacations. You want a boat? You want more toys? More fun? More partying? Especially high school kids. High school is now college scene. That's what high school is. It's practice for college. That's what it is now. Any high school party looks pretty much like a college party. Is that what you really want? High school kids. College kids. Is, is that the deep desire of your heart? Because if you find yourself in it and entrenched in it, then that is what you want. Does that make sense? Do you want to party? Well, I'm a Christian. No, I don't want that. No, no, no. The Bible says there's a war. There's a war inside of you. Do you really want to be a Christian? Do you like being a Christian? Do you view it even as an adult as rules and regulations and not guardrails of love? Is that how you view it? What do you really want? Where do you want to be? In your life, your job. Do you want to do drugs? Because some do. Do you want to drink? Or do you always go back to drinking? Or an addiction? Is that what you want? Is that a deep desire of your heart? Yes, I love to drink. I love it. I want to do it. It is who I am. It's what I've become. And that's what happens to us. What we get into is what we become. And then there seems like there's no way out. So doing what your unsafe friends or acquaintances are doing all the time. Jealous of sinful lifestyles so we can attempt to do both. In fact, I was on Facebook last night uh, getting a couple of statuses that I'll read here in a second uh, from the situation that's going on. But there was a girl that had the Acquire the Fire t-shirt on And it said, it was a cool shirt. I have the shirt. Some of you have it. Encounter. Remember the tour Encounter? ATF, Acquire the Fire. Encounter. And she has that shirt on. And she's at a friend's house playing beer pong and drinking games with that shirt on, hugging people, beers on their face, cup in hand, and that shirt. What does she want? Is that what she wants? It misrepresents, doesn't it? you got to find out what we really want. Because I'm telling you, if you really, really want the world, you can have it. You can have it. But for a season. Maybe a few seasons. Or for a lifetime. I mean, people are proving that. If you want it, you can have it. So what do you want? What should our motives be? What should our incentives be? What should our intentions be? Psalms 37 says, Do not fret because of evil men, or be envious of those who do wrong. Yeah, I know, God, I know. I'm not supposed to want what the the bad people want. They're not bad, they're blind. Do you understand that? Or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. So that kind of keeps you in check. Okay, so the stuff they're doing, they're going to die and wither. See, that doesn't sound good. But we like the doing part, you understand. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord. Listen, and He will give you the desires of your heart. What are the desires of your heart? The deep longing desires of your heart. Maybe you have none. You need to get some, because God says, well, "I'll bring it to pass." He says, "Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will do this." That's powerful. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause, like the noonday sun. Are these really deep desires of your heart, things that could change the quality of your salvation, these worldly desires, or cause you to honor God more if you had them? So we, there are things in life that happen to cause us to awake from our slumber, to snap out of our infatuation with the world, or just to knock your routine out of alignment, right? Things happen to do these things. Problem is, is sometimes they last for a phase or a streak of a week, two month, or a year, and then we're back to desiring and living out our desires in the way that we want. So this morning is a checkpoint. What do I want? What do I really want? I mean, things that can happen to kind of cause you to think. Uh, my wife, personally, going through three months of testing for cancer from December to like February or March this year, while planning for the restoration. That caused me to go, okay, what's important? What's important in my life? Maybe you've had a spouse die. That caused you, at least for a little while, to say, what's important in my life? What's important? Where are my priorities right now? It checks you, doesn't it? If you've had a spouse die, or maybe you have an unsaved spouse. These things they keep you in check. They keep you wondering. Sometimes they keep you worrying. Maybe a car wreck kills family members. A horrendous traffic jam I was in in Columbus a couple of weeks ago and I find out it's that family of five who crashes into a minivan and the whole family dies. The whole family. Can you imagine being the parents of that family and their kids or the whole, that causes you to think, hold up, what am I doing with my life? Does it really matter? Am I making an impact? Do I want what you want, God? What do I really want? Family member or friend dies. I've had that many times. Cancer takes out a loved one. Had, I've had that. You've had that. What's really important, you ask yourself? Friend commits suicide. In fact, Brian Walsh committed suicide last August. And uh, my parents actually drove to the bridge last fall. This thing's like 14, 1,500 feet tall. Saw a bunch of pictures of it. We were 20 miles away from it as we went through down to the beach and back up. I don't even want to see it. I mean, I got sick looking at the pictures of this bridge. But those things, I even keep his picture in the back of my Bible in loving memory of Brian Walsh, one of my best friends back in the day. Basketball, hardcore prayer warrior, harder than I've ever seen anybody to, still to this day. At least for that moment in time, he was an awesome man of God. How's that hap- Now when that happens, you like, you're, you're kinda like, okay, what's important? What really matters? What really matters in my life? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Or have so many bad things happened, you've become numb to it, and you don't even care, you just keep... I get like that, because there's so many bad things that are happening. You fail a test, maybe, that meant you're getting into something, or you, uh, uh, you, your, your marriage is failing, or you have no money, can't pay the bills, or your kids go off the deep end, or maybe the parents go off the deep end, kids. Seen that happen being in youth ministry and teaching thousands of times. Dumb parents. No relationship with God, don't care, and they find themselves doing what they don't want to do, but they're in a, they, they can't seem to get out of it. And then they're leaving example for their kids, and their kids are like, are you serious? But, well, might as well do what they're doing. And then, but you create a hostile home environment when there's collisions all the time of values, and, or what about when a job change And possibly the bettering of your family goes down the drain. And you thought, this was my chance. Makes you think, okay God, what do you want? Because it might not be what I want. What makes you say that? Because His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not even my thoughts. In fact, I don't even like to think this, because I have some pretty high thoughts. Some pretty crazy dreams and things that I want to do for God and... Big big dreams, and then I hear in the Bible it says his thoughts and ways are higher than mine. I'm like I can't even think I can't even think that high. And I can dream high. And God says mine are higher. You might not think they're better at the moment, but they're higher because I'm gonna get the glory from them. What is your life? Or Phil and Jen having a baby. Loses life before little Caden even experiences any life. How is that fair? How is that fair? Still having to go through the pain of labor? Facebook status I read on Beth or Phil's or somebody. It said, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Only God can do that. Only if you want what God wants. When you desire what God wants, you will find a way for God to get glory in it. See, that status didn't have to be like that. Or maybe that status is like that because if you face that situation, how would you react? Would you shake your fist at God? Would you turn your back on God? Would you ask why for the next million years without moving on? Would you try to understand or figure out, God, something you can never do and waste your life and time doing it? Or would you grab it and embrace it and, and, and lay hold of it and say, if this is what you want, it's what I want. What do I want? It's a question you ask yourself. you getting everything out of your job you expected? Everything. Is it giving you eternal spiritual satisfaction? Of how you're living your life at your workplace? Another status they said, I think this was Phil, it says, He works in ways we cannot see. Remember that song? God will make a way when there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. God will make a way. God, He will make a way. Man, that's powerful in in a situation like that. That's powerful. How do you even say that? Because of God in you. His ways are not our ways, he said in the status, they're higher. That's when you begin in that moment to experience the true peace, love, faithfulness, grace of God for yourself in a big way. And not just hear about it and see how other people go through something. You trust Him. When you go through these things the way you're supposed to, you can say that the song says, Though I have not seen Him. This is a Hillsong, a song I think. um, It says, Though I have not seen Him, my heart knows Him well. That's beautiful. That's powerful. I haven't even seen this God, but my heart, oh my heart, knows Him well. Because I'm allowing Him to take me through these situations. You have unsaved kids. John 17, 3, being accomplished. I came so that you might know me and the one who sent me. My heart knows him well. Why are you here? What are you doing? Are you supposed to be going to college? Are you supposed to be? How do you know? You're supposed to... I mean, I I deal with that all the time. Okay, God, I know I'm supposed to be a teacher right now. But I feel this call, this strong call... For the ministry. But I am in ministry. But everybody's in ministry. And then all these thoughts happen. I think the higher I become more a teacher and maybe administration because I can be a principal now and I'm like, oh, money, money. And then there's more and then there's more opportunity and then I can lead from the top and be a good example. I'll be a good example. God, listen, if you're not faithful over little, He's not going to make you faithful over much. You understand? There's got to be a balance. Life comes at you fast and hard. Can God get glory from these things that happen? Do you want what God wants? Ask yourself, do I want what God wants? Maybe you don't because you think, well, his ways aren't my ways. I want what I want. I want what I want. Do I accept God's will? Do I really believe his ways are higher? Do you really believe that? Romans eight twenty eight says, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Listen, this is for the Christian. This is for the Christian. All things work together for good. What are you going to say to the unsaved? You're living in sin up to your hair. You can't say, well, all things work together for good. Or maybe you had an experience with God in church, and then you walk away from it, and then you start to do your own thing. Well, I'm going to drink because I know that all things work together for good. It's not for you. It's for Christians who go through trials and tribulations and heartache To where they can claim and grab a hold of that scripture and say, I know no matter what I feel, I know that all things work together for good. I know they do, and it goes for those who love God. Do you love God? Do you love God? They will work together for good. Why? Because God will get glory. That's the good. Why do you need to feel great? Why do you need to feel... Perfect and uplifted and life is absolutely flawless without trials. and trials. That's not what the Bible says. Our desire should be God's desire. Our will should be desiring to do His will. Man, I don't know. Do, what do I really want? Ask yourself that question. How are you settling? Uh, if what you are doing is not what you want to do, but it's become a lifestyle. Well, I don't want to do it. Well, Paul says, the things I don't want to do, I do. The things I want to do, I I don't do. And that becomes a lifestyle. There's victory over that. There's victory over that. you understand that? Well, I guess that's what the Bible says. I do what I don't want to do. Here we go. This is Christianity. What are you doing? Well, it's something I don't want to do. Why? Then don't do it! It's a choice. No victims, only volunteers. So when hurt and pain comes... Listen to this. I was asking myself this question. Do my priorities get temporarily rearranged or permanently and eternally altered and metamorphosized forever? Or is it just these little moments that change me for moments? When something happens that doesn't go your way, you let it change you, you kind of think about your priorities, and that's not really important. too. But we go back. See, I believe that's a trick of the enemy too because we don't have to go back. We don't have to go back. Listen, maybe not just one day, but uh, maybe a series of days that, or days to come. Events will continue. The Bible says to change glory to glory. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And all of us have had that veil removed so that we can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him and reflect His glory even more. So as we change from glory to glory even more, we reflect Him. The image is Him. When you look in a mirror, you should see Him, not you. Because if you exist, He can exist. So in these situations where we allow God to work inside of us, the Bible says that's another chance, That's that's another glory. From glory to this glory. From glory to this glory. You go, another hardship is another glory. Another trial is another potential glory to glory to glory. God just doesn't change people who are just kind of floating through life like nothing's wrong. It's hard to change people like that. When you go through by the mercy, grace, love, faithfulness of God, trials and tribulations, God carries you through them and you are changed. You are changed. Trials and tribulations, I believe, is... What God says that scripture is all about. From glory to glory. You can't change from glory to glory unless you're changing from trial to trial. You can't have glory to glory unless you have trial to trial. Do you understand that? He's changing. More like Him. Hang out with Him. Spend time with Him. Some just stop reflecting. Due to becoming numb, complaining, unfairness, it's too hard. What do I really want? Ask yourself. An easy life. Or for God to get the glory so people can see Him in me? Do you want people to see God in you? Is is in your life, is God what it's really all about for you? You might say that. You might say that. Galatians 1.10 says, For do I now persuade men or God? Do I seek to please men? For if yet I please men, I shouldn't even be a servant of Christ. But there's a couple other scriptures that go below that, that kind of might cause you to think, okay, I'm not supposed to persuade men or please men. And that's what we do in church. We lead people to believe that everything is fine with us. That's against the Word of God. It doesn't mean you have to share from a rooftop all your problems. But do you ever feel like you're covering everything up? Like you're a fake or a phony? Galatians 1.10. It's a question. Do I want to persuade men or God? Do I want to, do I seek to please men? Ask yourself this question. Do I seek to please men? I say for my personal experience, yes. I have wanted to please people. Have you ever? You want to please people. Kids want to please their parents. That's okay. But when it comes to spiritual things and putting on a mask or a facade, just so you can please men. Just so you can persuade them that you're okay. 2 Corinthians 8.21 says, For we are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of men. Wait a minute. So we want to do what's right in the eyes of men? Yeah. Yeah. But you're not seeking to please them or persuade them. You're doing what's right so God says, and then, in turn, you make God look good in front of men. Matthew 5.16, the Bible says this, let your light so shine before men. We've messed this up. TV programs and suits, Peter Popoff and all these boneheads that are out on TV, we've messed that up. We've messed it up. Let your light so shine before men. They think that's a flashy suit and a yacht behind them as they ask for your money for a green prayer cloth or spring water. They think that's what that is. Shine before men. Look at me. That's not what that is. It's, look at God as I humbly walk by you in nothingness. Let your light so shine before them that they might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. There's a lot of things in this life that cause you to think and, and kind of, like even things that are going on in the world. Even things that are happening, headlines you hear from around the world, they cause you to be sobered up and say, okay, I mean, are you who, who's really thinking about the rapture all the time? The Bible says to have the mind of Christ. I I think he wants to come back. Do you ever get, you get that feeling? I think he wants to. I think he wants his church. I think he wants to, he's been sifting for a long time. But he wants his church. And when you hear headlines like this, oh, these are all headlines from 2010, May, June, and April, May, and June. Headlines. Obama to support anti-Israel resolution at UN next week. We take our hands off Israel as their friend and ally and helper. We're, we're in big trouble. And that's what is happening. Does that cause you to think, man, where am I in life? Where am I? What am I doing? What do I really want? More headlines. Most Christians cannot explain their faith. Israel stations nuclear missiles sub off Iran. Giant sinkhole open up in Guatemala City. San Andreas-like earthquake fault found in eastern U.S. Ooh, what am I doing? What do I want? Just to keep going and doing my job and not saying a word and cutting out a silent living in faith and just U.S. money supply plunges at 1930s pace. Is, is frog exodus in Greece sign of coming earthquake? If you read that article, there were millions of frogs leaving and an earthquake hit. I forget where it was and that was a sign. I mean, he, God is, God is, just not like us, is he? Electronic Pearl attack could devastate U.S. in 15 minutes. A crash, computer crash, could devastate our nation in 15 minutes. Done. And we're, well, we're, what do we do? Yeah, what do you want? What do I want? Obama call for international order raises questions. Looking for someone? Soon you may be able to search barcode. Netanyahu turns to Bible and tussled over Jerusalem. Stock market dives nearly 1,000 points. Fear of Greek debt crisis spreading. Underwater oil gusher, a massive crisis no one imagined. Millennial generation and Christianity. What's missing? Franklin Graham mounting persecution of Christians. Christian preacher arrested for saying homosexuality is a sin. Obama to call World Summit and Mideast peace talks fail. If Mideast peace talks fail. So they're talking peace in the Middle East. They haven't for a long time. I know, I get that. After nearly 3,000 years in exile, a lost tribe heads home to Israel. Doesn't the Bible say all through it that one of the signs of the coming of Jesus are the Jews returning to their homeland? It's happening. Russian Jews, Ethiopian Jews, it's happening all over. All over. What are we doing? What do we want? We're making decisions about what to wear. And that's okay, I, you understand, but what do you really want? Is your family in order? Is your house in order? Are your children saved? Are your grandchildren saved? Or are they drinking? Are they doing drugs? Have they cheated on their spouses? What are you praying for? What do you want? What are you storming heaven for? Noah's Ark, believe, found on Mount Ararat. I know that happened a little bit in the past, but they actually think they have proof that it is Noah's Ark. Okay. I mean, that's where it said it landed. Well, it can't be. Maybe it is probably is. It's another one of those obvious things that the Bible's true. No one wants to believe it. Army disinvites Franklin Graham to prayer day. Mark of the Beast ID card idea is back. One-third of Americans say own government, a threat. We're afraid of our own government. Utah shook by largest earthquake in 75 years. Iceland volcano eruption melts glacier, causes floods. Judge rules National Day of Prayer unconstitutional. Locust plague hits Spain-sized area of eastern Australia. Obama limits when U.S. would use nuclear arms. Israel fears Obama heading for imposed Mideast settlement. Posters in Jerusalem call for construction of Third Temple. This is this year. What are we doing? What are we doing? There's little things, Phil and Jen, that cause you to kind of wake up a little bit and say, okay, what am I doing? What do I really want? What's really important? Could it be a moment that changes things for a moment? Or could it be something that changes the way you think forever? Posters in Jerusalem uh, state, Passover sacrifice would provoke Muslims. Blair chooses America and plan to unite religions. New brain scan can read people's thoughts. National ID card at Center of Immigration Plan. 500 Christians slaughtered by Muslims in Nigeria. And this is just a few things about the Muslims. Jihad means striving. The Quran says, Strive hard against the unbelievers and be firm against them. Therefore, listen not to the unbelievers, but strive against them with the utmost strenuousness. The Quran also says, For Allah loveth not transgressors. Doesn't your Bible say that Jesus loved the sinners and came to seek that which was... Lost and he loved. Allah doesn't love transgressors. Slay them wherever you catch them, the Quran says. And then fight and slay the pagans wherever you find them. What do I really want? What do you want? When all this stuff is happening, little things that is happening, what are the questions that go through your mind? The question, what do you really want? Whatever it is, it's being made manifest in your life right now. Luke 6.45 says, The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart the mouth speaks. or your actions do. Whatever Whatever you're doing, that is your heart. That's what we want. You can't say, well, I really don't want this. Yes, you do. Until you decide and beg God to change you and change your desires. Change your desires. Uh, this little piece says, Most young adults today don't pray, don't worship, don't read the Bible. A major survey by a Christian research firm shows in the, if the trends continue, the millennial generation will see churches closing as quickly as GM dealerships, says Tom Rat- uh, Rainer, president of Lifeway Christian Resources. In a group survey of 1,200 18-29 year olds, 72% say they're really more spiritual than religious. A video said more Americans saying no to religion. Ages 18 to 29 say less religious, not necessarily more secular, just less religious. Dropouts say young adults aren't sticking with church. And Jen and I see that all the time. All the time. Almost with the majority majority of our kids. What are you telling them in there? No, no, no. It's a choice. We're giving the Word of God. It's a choice. And it breaks our heart when people go the other way. And people do it all the time. Because it's what they want to do. You understand? What do I want? Well, no, I don't. I just, I just can't. Yes, you do. Just come to church. But I, just come to church. Read your word. It's a spiritual battle, isn't it? That takes place in the heavenlies. Among the 65% who call themselves Christian, many are either mushy Christians or Christians in name only. Rayner says most are just indifferent. The more precisely you try to measure their Christianity, the fewer you find committed to their faith. Key findings in the phone survey conducted in August and released today said 65, this is last year, 65% rarely or never pray with others and 38% almost never pray by themselves. This is Christians. 65% rarely or never attend worship services and 67% don't read the Bible ever. Many of, many are unsure Jesus is the only path to heaven. These are Christians. Half say he is, half say he's not. The interesting part especially is that there doesn't seem to be any large move of to atheism instead it just seems to be more that the younger generation thinks that organized religion is bunk and Jen and I can't tell you hard enough that's what the college kids think you don't have to go to church organized religion is bunk you don't have you can do your own thing um, and did you know that um, there's an article also that says all is a plan for a mosque or there's a plan for a mosque near the World Trade Center um, and that move, and that plan, those plans that they have for that, it says it moves forward. And that was last month, 2010, last month. They took us out and they're building a mosque where they took us out. and we will do nothing. You watch, we will do nothing. Christian, what will we do? If train continues, nothing. nothing. 35 terrorist training camps in the U.S. and we know where they are, and we will do nothing. Muslims, I mean, they're 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 taking us out. They're taking us. They're going to win over the world. The video you saw in five to seven years where it will be dominated by Muslims, that is happening. Uh, we saw a huge billboard on the way home. Jen and I. I think Jay, Shan, the boys were asleep. I was driving. We saw a huge billboard on the way home uh, yesterday morning that said this quote: big picture, huge billboard. It said, "Islam is rising." ellipses, dot, 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 be warned. And that was in whatever, South Carolina, was it South Carolina, I think, right before we entered North Carolina, Islam is rising, be warned. I don't know if that was like from the Islams or from America warning us, I'm not sure. Either way, (laughs) my goodness. All the while, our own president has a questionable dual citizenship case in the Supreme Court. What do I really want? You better ask yourself what you really want, because what you want, you're going to do. And what you're going to be doing is what you're going to be found doing when that one one-hundred-thousandth of a second, the rapture, the twinkling of an eye the caught up, happens. That's what you'll be found doing. That's what I'll be found doing. What do we want? We have a chance right now to change. Right now. We must constantly protect our salvation and not esteem it lightly. Psalm 27.5 says... For in time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. Guard it. If you really want God, his will, his plan, his ways, his name to be glorified in your life, heaven and even the trials that can change you from glory to glory. You must stay in fellowship. You must be in church Sundays and Wednesdays. You must love to be in his presence. Well, how do I do that? You know, even I, youth pastor, can come to Wednesday night prayer and just be like, same thing again. Put the time in, just show up. You know, sometimes I think we show up and it's probably better if we don't even come because of our attitudes and what we get out of it because we're all in it for ourselves. But we tell our kids, look, just go. Go, even if you got to stay because once you get out of the routine and of coming to church, it, it leaves so quickly. Especially if you pick a day. Well, we have kids and we'll pick three out of the three services. We can do one. What do you mean you can do one? Your priorities need changed. They need changed. Well, I'm busy and I work there. I mean, honestly, they need changed. Because that's our mindset. That's what it's become. We've accepted one service a week for some of us. To this morning. And God is telling you this morning, don't let just a moment of something that's happened in your life change for just a moment. Change you for just a moment. Let these things get a hold of your heart. Constantly be thinking about these things. Don't give up. It would have terrible consequences if you give up. Even if it's only for one soul watching you, it's worth it. Or just your soul. Don't miss heaven. Don't miss heaven. Bible says, Better is one day in your courts than thousands anywhere else. I think another translation says, Better is one day in your courts than thousands spent on Greek islands. I mean, that's like... Who would want to be on a Greek island secluded, people catering to your every need, sunshine and perfect temperature, hammock in the ocean, waves calm because of the the reef, and and everything's perfect, perfect. Sounds nice. The Bible says, one day in your courts is better than a thousand like that. I mean, do you really feel like that? Do I really feel like that? Because if we don't, our desires need to change. In His presence is the fullness of joy. Is it? Is it? Is it? The fullness of joy when you are in His presence. Is it? Ask yourself. Is it? We must stay prepared. We must stay in love with Jesus. It takes effort. It takes cultivation. Just like you would romanticize your wife, gentlemen. It takes effort. It takes cultivating that relationship. We must keep praying, reading, and worshiping, and asking God to continuously make deposits or intense desires to do so. If we really want him, if we really want him we will do whatever it takes. Do you really want to spend more time with him? He first loved us, that's why we can even love him back. Do you realize the power and potential of even 1 hour in prayer and what happens in the heavens? Have you thought of that? Do you re- do you do you care? Ask yourself, do I care? Do I really care? Or do what I really do uh, what I really care about, is that what I'm doing right now? That's what I'm really caring about. Maintaining my yard to make it look nice. Nothing wrong with that. But is that the top of your list? Because there's nothing else to do? Raise my kids. I've seen, the, I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm not even in a position to say this. But as a school teacher and a youth pastor, I can say this. There are some jokes for parents. Jokes. Absolute jokes. Well, you're not a parent. I say that with confidence from what I've seen. Unbelievable crack up jokes. Jokes. Poor excuses. And they're, sometimes they're even in the church. And I can't even believe my eyes sometimes at the parenting that I see. What do you want parents? Is that what you want? Is that what you want? Is that this deep desire of your heart? Well, once my kid gets 12, 13, I can't do anything about What'd you just say? And if it wasn't abuse, I would, I would physically discipline every kid in my entire school. Cause they're not getting it. You understand that? Spare not the rod; it drives foolishness out of them. I mean, I, I saw some examples this past week of kids. Scream, I mean, parents, give me a break. Don't give up. Proverbs. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, do you have unsaved loved ones, relatives, spouses, children? Is how you're living really prove that you care for their salvation and their eternal soul? Don't give up. Don't give up. Proverbs 16:3 says commit to the Lord whatever you do. Your plans will succeed. Psalm 48 says I desire to do your will. Oh my God, your law is written on my heart. Your law is written on my heart. I desire to do your will. Do you, do we do, do I do you do we really desire to do his will? How if we don't have a desire to do his will? How do we get a desire to do his will? John 16:13 says but when he the Spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will let he will tell you What is yet to come? Don't you want to know? Don't you want to hear from God, the Spirit of truth? Have all these other voices to contend with? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord. Lean not on thine own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways. He'll make your path straight. Seems like there's a path of normalcy and a path that just a few people take. Risk-taking paths. Things that people want to do for God. And they actually set out and they do them. Or we just settle for whatever, a life. Question that. Every time you go to bed this whole week, what am I doing? What am I doing? Maybe you already do that. Psalm 84:11 says, "For the Lord God is our light and protector; He gives us grace and glory. No good thing will the Lord withhold from those who do what is right, or who walk uprightly." For the Lord, our God, is our light and protector. Another translation says, "He's our Sun, S-U-N. He's our Sun, and He's our shield." Psalm 32, 8 and 9 says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in thy way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding whose mouth must be held in a bit with the bridle lest they come near unto thee. Are you constantly like Paul kicking against the pricks? Like, no, no, I want to do my own. And you figure out, every time I want to do my own thing, it's like headaches and crazy things. Just hold still and let God do it. Hold still. I, I was, I would always... I kind of grew up in junior high and high school cutting all my friends' hair. And they'd be all together, cut the football team's hair. And It's like, dude, hold still. Hold still. Hold still. And you're going to look nice. Sometimes, I'm I'm serious, there was this one kid who wouldn't hold still. And I was kind of giving him a crew cut. Buzzed him up, faded it up, looked real nice. And I left, he had real dark hair. And I left the patch of hair on the back of his head about the size of a silver dollar. And he never knew it, and I let him go. And he had to go to work. He was so mad. He wouldn't hold still. Hold still and let God do what He wants to do. It's going to make things a lot better. Psalm 143:8 says, "Cause me to hear, man. If we're not, we got to listen. God, cause me to hear. Cause me to hear that loving kindness in the morning. Those who seek me early will find me. Get up, seek God." For in thee do I put my trust, cause me to know the way wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Matthew 6:10 says again, "Thy kingdom come, thy will be done." So Matthew 7:21 says, "Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven." If you're not doing his will, you're not going to heaven. That's pretty serious. Title: what am I really? What do I really want? What do I really want? 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Phil and Jen in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. How do you possibly? In everything give thanks. Give thanks. This is the will of God. To give thanks. In Christ Jesus concerning you. Psalm 25.4 and 5. So show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy past, lead me in truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee I do wait all day. Do we want what the Bible says? Do we want to wait? Do we want to fear God like it says? Do we want to love God, serve God? Micah 6, 8, do we want to do justly, love mercy and walk humbly? Do we want to, Ecclesiastes 12, fear God and keep his commandments? Do we want that? Because that says that's the whole duty of man. Just remember Revelation 22, 12 says this. Jesus says this. Behold, I am coming quickly. I am coming quickly. I want what you want, Lord. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes. I want what you want, Lord. Do we really? This message, the purpose of this message is to get you to wake up. Is to get you to think about yourself, whether you're going into the 10th grade, whether you're entering junior high or high school for the first time, maybe you're going to be a senior, maybe you're going into college, you're getting your first job, you just had an interview, maybe you're getting a job change, maybe you're raising kids, you're almost at retirement, you're thinking about getting a new car or a new house or bettering yourself in some way, can God get glory from it? And you can't negotiate and make deals with God. God, if you give me this house, then I'll serve you. Then I will use this house for your glory. I told God that. I told God before we moved where we are. I said, God, we're four minutes from the church. I'm like, God, we can use our house Look, just like tonight. Tonight's youth service is at our house. All the kids, 6.30. There's the announcement. It's at our house. We told God when we got that house, let us use this house for your glory, for the youth, for what we do, in it, let this house be used for your glory. It's not a mansion. It's just a nice ranch. So, can you, are you making deals with God? Or will you do whatever it takes to make sure you're doing what you really want? Because this morning is kind of a check, a checkpoint. Am I doing what I want? What do I really want? What do I want? Please don't stay where you are unless you are completely, completely satisfied With where your life is. What you're doing. Who's getting glory. Who's being recognized. Maybe it's a job you just settled for. Because you thought well. I have kids now. And I can't really do it. You better pray about it. Pray about it. What do you want? Do you want what God wants? Well maybe this is what God wants from me. How do you know? You better talk to him. Check. Don't settle for anything less than for what God has for you. So if you are here today for the first time or maybe you've never given your heart to God and you've never done anything that God wants you to do or maybe you didn't know what you're doing or who you're doing it for or why you're doing it or you've never really done anything bad or the Bible says we've all fallen short and you're understanding your decision to just follow Him. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. That's powerful. God loves you and has an unbelievable plan for your life. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. So why don't we just give it up and say, whatever you want, God, that's what I want. You understand that this morning's message is, I want what God wants. Or do I? Do I? Don't you ever go through life and just wonder... I wonder all the time, am I doing what God wants me to do? Am I where God wants me to be? Do you wonder that? He has a plan for your life, however, your sin. Listen, this is not just, come to God, it'll make your life better. Listen, I love Radio U. I love it. But their whole salvation message is, come to God, bro. Just give it a try, dude. He'll make your life better, dude. It'll make your life better. Come on, man. Just give it up. He will, he will give you the desires of your heart. He will change your situation. Just, just try God out for sure, dude. Come on, bro. It's just, it's the best decision you'll ever make because He'll just make your life so much worth living. I'm not even talking about sin. I don't even talk about it. Your sin causes an unbelievable cosmic chasm between you and your God who loves you. That's what sin does. You have to address sin. Isaiah 59:2 says, "But your iniquities have separated you from your God; your sins have hidden His face from you, so that He will not hear you." God sent Jesus Christ, you understand, everyone knows this, to die on the cross and that bridged the gap in that chasm. chasm. Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his own love for you. While you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. He died for us. If you've never given your heart to God. I'm not telling you, come to Jesus, it'll make your life better. I'm saying come to Jesus because you will be judged. Judgment is coming. Revelation says, behold, I come quickly. He wants to find you in love with him can be in love with the God and want what He wants. That's a true love relationship. If I love my wife so much, I want what she wants. You understand? If I see this unbelievable desire in my wife for something, I want that for her. Do you understand? If I see an unbelievable desire, God, I know you want this for me, but I'm going to go my ways because I know your ways are higher, but I'm going to settle because it makes more logical sense to me and my brain so it's your choice it's a gift just like any gift you can accept it or deny it reject it Romans 10 9 and 10 if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord believing your heart that he was raised from the dead you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and you are justified and it is with your mouth that you, are, you confess and are saved self check you need to decide commit to, today actually can be one of those glory days from glory to glory here's your next opportunity for glory Listen, God wants to open up a door to you. You understand that nothing or nobody can shut what the Father has opened. And it's opened this morning to you. To receive salvation for the very first time. To recommit your life. I mean, this is a message in my heart and my mind when I was planning this for 10 hours yesterday. I went to bed at 2 o'clock and this morning just getting back from vacation. Is a question in my heart that I feel like I ask myself all the time, but I thought, man, this is something that the congregation and the world, the people of the world, can constantly ask themselves every day. What do I really want? Am I doing what I really want? Probably because you settled. Or are there deep desires that are just untouched and unstirred that you're like, I really want to do this I really want what God wants how do I find out you know how to find out nothing can shut what the Father has opened and nothing can lock what the Father has broken through so ask God this morning if you'd stand to your feet even in a situation like Phil and Jen which my heart absolutely broke for I thought in their situation man cling to the cross it's what we know It's what we do. It's where our comfort is. It's where our counsel is. It's where everything can be made well. It's where all the names of God that you hear about all the time, Jehovah Rapha and Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Nisi, Lord our God is a banner. He's a healer. He's a God who mends and heals and fixes things. That's when all those things become real to you. So what do you really want? Is the biggest priority on your list... Where you're eating afterwards today. Is the biggest priority on your list right now where you're going to go to college? Because I guarantee you there are more important things. That's important. That's fine. But if you going to college is the most important thing and that takes up here over everything else, then where's your relationship with God? Where's your checkpoint with God? Self-assessment, self-evaluation. What do I want out of Christianity? Really ask yourself, do I want to be a Christian? Do I want this? Do I want this life? Do I want trial to trial? Do I want glory to glory? Do I want that? Do I want to reflect the image of God so people can see so that he may be glorified? So that is the altar call, Tim. You can start playing. This is a question that every single person can ask. Am I where I want to be? Am I doing what I want to do? Am I doing what God's will is? So please, come up, pray, comfort those who need comforted, bear one another's burdens, cry with those who are crying, rejoice with those who are rejoicing, put your arm around somebody else. Maybe you're confused. Please ask somebody, uh, Bruce or Jace or Daryl or Lenny, to pray with you. Maybe you have no idea what to do. That's where you ask God to give you clarity. Give me, give it to me clear, God. Put it right in front of my face. Right in front of my eyes. Because I am, I'm dumb. I can't, I don't know when you're speaking to me. That's when you hang out with God. His sheep know His voice. His ways are not our ways. They're higher. What do you want? What do I really want, God? Check me. Search me. Know me. If there be anything inside of me that is not of you, Remove it far from me. What do I really want, Lord? What do I want, Lord Jesus? What do I want? Decisions. Should I buy this car? Should I buy this house? Do I want to marry? Do I want a wife? Do I want a husband? Do I want children? Do I want salvation for all my family members, grandchildren, grandparents? Keep me in check, Lord. Keep me in check, Lord, constantly. Constantly questioning myself. I believe you, Lord. I believe you. I trust what you want for my life, Lord.